0: largest infrastructure project the city's ever seen. We're making history here.
1: This project was built for Kansas City by Kansas City. They're still employing people to this very day. It's so warm and welcoming. This just represents the growth of the city. A new tradition, new opportunities, and opportunities that truly reflect our whole region and its diversity. Something that Kansas City is going to be proud of for for generations to come.
0: Hello and welcome to KSHB 41's limited series podcast, now boarding, year one of KCI's single terminal. I'm Taylor Hymnes, morning anchor at KSHB 41. I guess I should start this episode by saying happy birthday to the new terminal. I'm recording this on Leap Day, February 29th, one year and one day since the new terminal opened. Just like last year, on day one, I was live inside the terminal on the first anniversary yesterday. I actually laughed a little as I was talking to people out there on Wednesday morning. I interviewed one man headed to Phoenix to see his granddaughters and told me he couldn't believe it had been a year. And even he was surprised at how many times he'd flown out over the last 12 months. Then right after that, I talked to a young man who was flying out for the first time on the one-year anniversary. It's just a reminder about how an airport means so many different things to the people of the city where it's located. For this 11th episode, I got to talk to another great guest who really knows the airport inside and out. His name is Mike Ward. He's the assistant manager of operations for Southwest Airlines at Kansas City International Airport. I loved getting his insight into what it's like working in the new terminal compared to the old ones and learning more about what that late night transition was like with no downtime and really what he's learned over the last 12 months. I really think you're going to love getting Mike's perspective in this episode. Enjoy. So Mike tells me he is a 30-plus-year veteran of Southwest Airlines. He's here with me now, 32-year veteran of Southwest Airlines, but his entire career here in Kansas City. Uh, Mike, thanks for hanging out with me today. I appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. So when you first heard New Terminal, tell me about what your reactions were, because I've mentioned on this podcast before, I moved here in late 2017 and took this job at KSHB 41 in late 2017, just as the vote was happening to say yes. I have since learned and learned pretty quickly after I got here, how long a process this was of, of trying to get this across the finish line. So you've been watching this for a long, long time as you worked in the old terminals and listened to years of, are we going to get a new terminal? What was that like for you to listen to that back and forth from people? Uh,
1: You know, it was interesting to hear people talk about the new terminal, um, you know, because Kansas City loved the old terminal, uh, but they didn't work in it every day like we did. (laughs) And and so I would hear the perspective of, you know, the city and you'd had to respect the people that that flew out of here, their perspective. But I kind of correlated it to like, you know, your office wouldn't be in a building this long. And, you know, we worked in it every day and and I was actually on some of the tours with the different area mayors at a time that they were, you know, getting out and getting in front of this, talking about, um, you know, why this needed to happen. And one of the mayors had, which I will not name who it is, but yeah. they pulled me aside and said, I don't know how you guys work in this, and we just—I just, just kind of chuckled, and I was like, well, "We we can work in it, and we can make it happen." Uh, but if we want to grow, which you know Southwest definitely wants to grow, um, it, you know, we, we are going to have to be in a new, modern facility.
0: Yeah, it strikes me as you say that. Like I'm sitting in a in a newsroom right now, and I know the purpose of every corner of of this room but it is built for the people who work here every now and then we might have a tour that comes through high school students, that kind of thing that comes through and sees it. But this building is meant for the people who work here. You have spent your career working in a situation that yes, you have to work there, but it's really more built for the people who are traveling through, who are using it. Did you you feel that kind of dichotomy for lack of a better word over the, over the course of, or do you feel it still that you work in a place that's meant for other people?
1: Um, yeah, you definitely do. And, and, you know, and that's why everybody had to look at all perspectives of this new terminal, because, you know, this, like I said, it was a, a near and dear thing to people's hearts about how convenient they thought this terminal was. But in reality, it from an airline perspective and to to help grow flights here in Kansas City, it just it wasn't it, it was it had served its purpose. And it was time to, um, you know, join our neighbors around in several other states that had newer facilities that make it, you know, more viable for your business.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to ask you at any point during this podcast to bash the old terminals. That's not what this this question is meant to do. But I want to get you to expand on that a little bit because I've heard from everybody literally everybody along the way. Well, Kansas city loved the old terminals because of the convenience, that kind of thing. What were some, some parts of the old terminals to your point that, that maybe weren't conducive to the people who were working there? Yes. Super convenient for the people traveling through, but can you tell me a little bit about some of the situations, in the old terminals that maybe weren't as conducive as you'd like them to be for a working environment?
1: Yeah, I mean, the equipment was aging. I, I, the equipment was aging. Yeah. Um, and, and to give you an example, um, you know, we had been through, or I had been through several several terminal renovations, and one of the uh, supervisor's office that was across from my office, the wall was beginning to separate from the floor, and when it rained, water was coming in, and yeah. you know, that's when we're all looking at each other and saying, you know, the, this is just time, it, we we are there, um, you know, and 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 I appreciate the people that looked at both sides of it, as far as engineers, you know, this is what it would take to, to, you know, save this structure and hopefully get it to where airlines could expand. Uh, but then once you saw everything on paper and really walked through it with them, mm-hmm. you you quickly realized that, that just wasn't going to be viable. I mean, you yeah. could build a brand new one and get the functionality you needed with all the, the modern technology
0: that, uh, an airport takes now. I really do not mean for this question to be insulting, but as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, gosh, I hope this doesn't come across as insulting to him. But when I was in college, I worked in a mall. And so when it came time for me to go have my lunch, I had options in the food court to go and do. Right. So much was made in the building of this new terminal about the options available for passengers that want to do more than get a cup of coffee. That may have a long layover. That kind of thing. Tell me about when you're working in a building. That that I'm sure that I, I guess what I'm getting at is that must mean a whole lot more to people who work in the building versus I'm going to spend an hour there. I can do without lunch if I you know there's not really a place to eat. But if you're working there all day, the difference between having lots of options and none at all has got to be a pretty big deal, right?
1: It, it it is a huge deal for for our agents and for the management team and for all airline workers i mean you know everybody tries to save money bring their own stuff but at times yeah. life happens and and the uh, you know in the old terminal you just didn't have a lot of choices. <laughs> when life from. happened,
0: you may go hungry. <laughs> I guess yeah,
1: yeah. or you know, I mean, thank God DoorDash and stuff came through and, and things yeah. like that and, and they would do that. Or, you know, we would as a group sometimes take orders and send somebody out to get stuff. Yeah. And, and that doesn't happen anywhere near like it, it, it did before because you've you've got all these food halls and areas that you have lots of choices. Were you surprised? so yeah? And, and- you can see it with the customers, too. I mean, they yeah. they walk off the plane and they do a double check and, and kind of look at our agents and they're like, "It is this Kansas City? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're literally still a year later shocked.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, were you surprised that it voted yes? Because, that, like I said, that was one of the things when I, I got here, like, the week of the vote. And people who'd been in Kansas City, lifers that worked at KSHP 41, my co-anchor, Lindsay Scheibler, who's a lifer here, she was like – I. I don't know if this is going to go or not because of that love for the old terminals that you're referencing there. Were you surprised when it finally said, yes, we're doing it. It's approved. We're going to get a, a new one.
1: Had I not watched the process with, you know, the the supporting mayors from all around the Metro, um, had I not watched the process of, of Southwest being the lead airline and even all the airlines, you know, wanting Southwest to represent all airlines, um, you know, at first, if you would ask me, I was like, it's it's probably not going to pass. Yeah. But as I saw the process, I saw people get behind it. I saw people get out in front of it and, and talk about it and really get people to understand that, you know, if if you're at Cerner or you're at a different office, you would not expect this type of facility for your people to work in. And that that's why when that one mayor pulled me aside and quietly was like, Well, you know, she even said, What are you guys even doing here? You know, why would you want to expand here? And I said, Well, you know, of course we're southwest. We want to expand, but um, it's it's time for a a, a new home.
0: Yeah. Tell me about once it's done. And okay, yes, it's approved. We're gonna do this. At what point was, and I mean, I know this is limited to to what your direct involvement was, but at what point did you get to, were you ever in a meeting in which you sat down with somebody and as a representative of Southwest and said, here's what we don't have that we would like to have. Here's what we need that we are lacking. Here's what needs to be updated. Like I'm kind of, I'm, I'm interested in the opinion of an airline in a new terminal of, here's what we would love to be able to have in this new terminal. Were there meetings like that that you got to either hear about after the fact or sit in on? Yeah,
1: I actually, you know, did get to sit on some or I heard my station leader come back from meetings and and would share with us what was being said. Uh, Our headquarters team did a, a, a great job and. You know, Southwest over the years has been in, in involved in several projects across the country to rebuild uh, infrastructure on airports. And so we, you know, as all airlines do, but we're the ones that's, that tends to grow a little bit more sometimes. And so we have gotten highly involved. So, um, yeah, our headquarters team and even our local community relations team did a really good job at presenting what was needed. And, and you know, they came to us and asked also you know what are you seeing what are we lacking in the terminal uh and of course technology was a big thing the infrastructure of of what are not only wi-fi but just bandwidth coming into the old terminal that was that was a big deal for us and you know it, it slows down your computer equipment when you're trying to check in a flight and stuff like that and and you know we're a time sensitive organization as all airlines are. So that was was tough when your, your infrastructure and your technology wouldn't work.
0: Was there any aspect of the new terminal, like I was in there a handful of times while it was being built and like getting tours around while they were taking media members and that kind of thing and showing off, look at the miles of conveyor belt we have for baggage claim and that kind of thing. Was there an element of during construction that you heard about or found out or got shown if you got to walk through that was I popping to you that made you go, oh, my gosh, we're going to have this. This is going to be a game changer. Was there any part or was it a handful of parts that made you really kind of taken aback at what it was going to be like?
1: Um, you know, it, it, it it's uh, fortunately uh, the former station manager that is now in Phoenix that finished up this project. He put me as one of his leads on the construction project. So as the place was being built and more so when it actually had its bones together and it was closed in, I was in it, you know, in a hard hat almost daily there for a while, taking people through it to get them familiar. And and we did so many walkthroughs with our people just so they could start getting an understanding of how this airport was laid out. Uh, you know, it's it's all stuff that I, I knew that other terminals had, you know, because I've flown all over uh, you know the world and it it was nice to see that this new product new bag systems you know new jetways um you know i know justin meyer loved our new glass jetways and (laughs) they are the jetways yes he does yeah that's that's one of his favorite things but uh uh yeah i mean it was nice to see that they had put so much thought into getting that those type of products for this airport
0: I wonder because I have I have been part of uh, at two television stations now, including this one, a renovation to my workspace, where they kind of gutted the newsroom a little bit and here's a new shiny version of where you work. You're still walking into the same space, but here's what we're gonna do now. And it's cool. like it's it's a fun thing to to go in and see, oh, this is where my desk is. look at this thing we have here, that kind of thing. I, I can't imagine the scale on which that is like to go from the terminals you were in to the terminal, like once it's done, even those those finishing touches are put on a year ago and you're walking through, like, did it, did it feel like (laughs) moving into a brand new house? Like, what does that feel like to walk around? And and once it's not long, once it's no longer bones, the paint is up, the carpet's down. What's that like to walk through?
1: Yeah, it was, it was like walking into a new house. And that's, you know that's actually an analogy that's, that's, perfect and you know I, I even a year later it you know when you move into a new house and you go through all that there's still things over the year that you learn that you need to change or update sure um you know and none of us went into the new terminal thinking that okay this is perfect on day one you know we had to we had to work with it figure out how it worked you you would think every airport worked the same but we had to figure out traffic flows um you know, I, I get the question of why is Southwest so far uh, on the end of the terminal? Well, mm-hmm. we we did really choose that purposely because of how we operate where, you know, we push back and we're right on the runway during de-icing, you know, that we're not stuck behind another carrier, you know, waiting to get down the aisle way to get yeah. that, that aircraft out. We can get to the de-icing pad and we can go. Um so, you know, once I explained that, I actually had a business guy stop me in the airport and, and said, you know, I bet those gates were cheaper. And I was like, gates cost the same no matter where they are. But mm-hmm. I said, it's all about time, money and efficiency. And as soon as I said that to him, his, you know, his business side kicked in. He goes, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why we did it.
0: Math is money. Like that's just it, it, in any case, math is money.
1: Yeah, as our founder said, unless the plane's in the air, we're not making money. So yeah. we 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 time everything. And um
0: I remember was, being I remember being mortified, not mortified, that's not the wrong word, but like super anxious for anybody who worked at the terminals the night of the switchover where there's no downtime at all. Like you're going, right. it was a year ago this uh, this week. I'm recording this on February 29th. It's going to be out same day that I record this. So our one-year anniversary was yesterday. And I remember thinking, gosh, th- there's no way to say, okay, we're going to close the whole place down for, you know, 48 hours just to make sure everyone's at their new desks, and away we go. And I remember being so anxious for everybody in your shoes because of that switchover. Was Do you have, like, <laughs> anxious memories of, what that was like where you're going from one building to the new building and not really stopping what you do.
1: You know, a few weeks before the actual flip over our management team would sometimes look at each other and go, okay, our last flight's at 10 o'clock, something to Chicago. Midway, And we were the last one out of the old terminal. Our first flight's at 5 a.m. you know, to Dallas or Chicago. I, I forget, forget which one it is. So, you know, at first, when you go through that process a few weeks beforehand, you're like, are we going to be able to do this? Yeah. But the good thing is, is, you know, airlines have huge tech teams. You're basically leaving the old equipment and moving in to new equipment. So literally... Through that previous week, we were all starting to transition and and move over and work in the new terminal and still operate out of the old. Because I, I remember my immediate station leader was like, you know, now that I put you lead on this, I want, you know, set your office up. Let's start. Let's get you start working out of the new terminal, which I, you know, I did for the most part just to get in that
0: process. Before it opened, so, you, you, you were working day. out of the new building before it was actually open to the public. Correct, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. And, and you know, so when that night came, we could flawlessly shut down the old terminal. Most, all the equipment was, you know, moved over to the new terminal and staged. Uh, you know, we had to have some remainder for the last few flights, but we were ready to go on the other side. And, you know, we all s- spent the night in the airport, just yeah. <laughs> doing some finalized stuff and, and, and then kicked off the first flight. I remember after the first flight, a couple hours after I, I just looked at everybody and as some of the other leaders did too that had been there all night were like, I'm going home for a little bit and I'll be <laughs> back later to make sure we're still operating.
0: <laughs> yeah. Take me uh take me behind the curtain a little bit on run through practices. Were were there any amounts of I feel like it feels like a stupid question asking because I i feel like you're gonna go, of course there were. The those weeks leading up of here's our new space. Here's we're going to take people over and do what their job looks like in their new space. We're not going to expect you to walk in day one and not know where the light switches are. Like walk me through right. the practice that, sessions for people in those, in the new terminal before it opened to the public.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And, you know, cause some airports, like I think one East coast airport a few weeks before we opened had not probably done some of those walkthroughs and they had a huge snafu Mm. happen. And, you know, we paid attention to things like that. So what we did for months, I want to say October, September, before we even moved over in February, um, we took our management team over, you know, all the other managers, the soup teams, you know, and it was still a hard hat area. So we had to get hard hats for everybody and we would walk through with our management team and make sure they understood where where's the light switch where's the button where's the e-stop on this um so they could see it start understanding it and and you know and then the point was at that point because each of our supervisors have teams of people that report to them then they were responsible for you know two or three times a week take your team over let them experience it, let them see it, let them know what's, you know, how this is gonna operate. Um, And then when we got closer, you know, we had to do what's called a gate fit. And so, you know, several weeks before we opened, we had a team come in from Dallas. We had to tow a plane up to each jetway, make sure it fit within the safety zone and, you know, make sure the paint was correct, You know, so everybody could be safe operating aircraft. Every airline had to do that. We, you know, we all took our aircrafts over their totem, and that was a that was a whole night ordeal. But it gave our what we call our ops agents that actually run the jetways. They got to experience a ninety two thousand pound glass jetway versus a forty five thousand pound jetway that was in the other building. Yeah, and they do operate completely different. And when you're pulling up to a multi million dollar aircraft. You know that's that's a whole training environment that we we spent a lot of time with uh so they were comfortable on day one so yeah lots of little steps for weeks months beforehand um just to make sure that we 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 opened successfully and we didn't have any of those last minute snafus and and actually our management team from our headquarters, and I heard several other people say this, this is one of the smoothest overnight changes they had seen in years for an airport. And that's because, you know, I'm friends with all the other managers at the airport and it's because we all did our due diligence to make this work.
0: The new glass jetways are that much heavier than the old jetways? Yeah. They're,
1: they're, they're a heavy piece of equipment.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense when you're thinking about that much glass, but it just never occurred to me that you're talking about a 40 plus thousand pound difference between one and the, and the old that's, that's, that's a significant shift.
1: <laughs> it, it's a significant shift. I actually got seasick in the cab of it because I was down training with them and making sure they were, you know, and it would, it would sway different. I was gonna say, Cause, was cause like your feet and legs
0: wall. are probably used to one thing whenever you're in a jet way. And then all of a sudden it's moving differently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly, they, they, in fact, some of the ops agents would laugh at me because they're like,
0: are you going to, are you going <laughs> to you lose, gonna lose your here? Life? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, maybe. <laughs> that's really interesting. Um, You mentioned earlier, uh, even now, a year later, noticing people getting off the plane and doing a double take, looking around. What have you noticed about passengers through the new terminal as far as you know how they seem to be. Do they seem happier? How they seem to be reacting to this new space? What do you What do you see as far as Kansas City travelers in and out of town when you're when you're into this new terminal?
1: Yeah, you know, for the local people, whether they were against or for, you now see a sense of pride that they've got this terminal that looks, you know, professional, yeah. updated. Um, you know, and especially with all the upcoming events coming into Kansas City that was so important. And 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 now you're seeing, and you even see the pride in our employees. They, you know, they were thrilled to death to come into a new facility and it looked like the rest of the nation of airports that had updated their facilities. So that you see on a local basis for people that aren't from here. Like I said, I'll, I'll stand next to the jetway at times talking to the ops agent or something. And literally, I mean, I, I'm not, kitten. You have people stop, like almost stop people from coming out of the jetway. <laughs> and they'll look at it and it's like, did I, you know, because we're a through carrier. So sometimes we stop multiple places and they're like, yeah. wait a minute, it, am I really in Kansas City? And they'll shake their head and they're like, what the heck? You know, yeah. when did this happen? You know, because they they weren't involved with everything like we were on a daily basis.
0: Um, I want to go back to something you said there too about the, the big events, because I had Kathy Nelson on several episodes ago. She was one of my first people I talked to because I wanted to talk to her after the draft, uh, the NFL draft. that was in April of of last year. Obviously, that happens two months after the new terminal is open. And she said in that podcast episode that she told Pat Klein, the former director of aviation, could you not make – every event we do the, the 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 guinea pig basically of the new terminal like when you were looking out okay okay well, here we are we're in our new house oh wait we've got the entire NFL coming to us in in 2 months that we've got this that's going to be happening we've got a you know now just recently a super bowl parade like that had to have been going wow we've got really big things happening this we got to be ready for things we've never experienced before and we've only been in this building for 2 months yes yeah
1: and, and you know this is where airlines you know we can help the city because we have so many different destinations that one of our cities has experienced something like this before so uh even southwest customer engagement team as soon as you know we we were through the the uh the newness the,
0: the first week, couple of weeks newness,
1: yeah the first couple of weeks of the airport um they stepped in and they're like okay these are some of the things that we did in las vegas or we yeah. did you know in, in phoenix during a super bowl um you know and, and, and you know there's are simple things that people don't really think about but at, at an nfl draft you know these people that are at the draft have these huge uh binders and brochures that uh they discovered in phoenix and, and another city maybe atlanta um where if people put those, those binders in their checked bags, it slowed down the whole uh, bag system and delayed yeah. bags getting to the plane because the TSA would have to stop, take a look at it because the binders were so thick and whatever they were made of didn't work with the machinery. So it delayed the process. So our customer engagement team came in and we put you know those pop-up tent signs around our area and said hey if you have these binders please place them in your carry-on bags and you know they could easily process those through the carry-on process and and talk about it we never would have thought of
0: that situation
1: yeah yeah it's a situation that unless you've experienced it in another city and you know if you're a responsible carrier and and you you watch that stuff from a customer engagement you enact that in the next city like you know I actually, we sent some of our signs out to Las Vegas that we had here during the NFL draft. We sent them to Las Vegas just a few weeks ago for, you know, for the Super Bowl.
0: Last couple of questions, Mike, you've been so generous with your time. We're we're one year in, and you mentioned even in the first couple of weeks, couple of months in the new terminal, you were already going, okay, we should tweak this a little bit. This is, now that we're in here, we know what this is going to be like. We were asking people yesterday on social media on KSHP 41 to, to grade the airport terminal through its first year, and I think mostly we were getting really good responses. I won't ask you necessarily to give a grade, but we're a year in from someone who is in your position that sees a lot of it, for lack of a better term, the, from 10,000 feet, pardon the pun. Like what <laughs> what is what is your kind of lay of the land now one year in as you get to say, I love how this works. We could maybe tweak this a little bit. What's, what's that like one year in for you?
1: You know it it, the the positive and negative we all heard in the old terminal they felt like it wasn't clean and kept up you know and and especially towards the end it was harder to maintain some of the stuff so people are very skeptical uh, about you know the new terminal um and and there have been times that we have seen things that we didn't feel like were were clean or kept up properly but in 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 defense of all of us in the city one thing we learned was you know, this place for now produces as much trash as a, uh, every day as a Chiefs game day. So everybody had to learn how to revamp and, and maintain this place. And, you know, the, and the city even stepped up and, and put contract cleaners in the arrivals and the departure area because this, the city workers needed to concentrate on just the, the secure area and the gate area because. You know, now we're kind of like two different facilities all in one. Um, And, you know, over the year, that's been something they've fine-tuned and it it gets better and will continue to get better. But those are things that you, no matter how much you look at it, you can't fathom that one facility is going to increase that much trash where it didn't. And, you know, it's because we have restaurants now. We didn't have restaurants like we do now. so. They've had they've had, you know, those are things that just you wouldn't know until you experienced it. And now you've got to revamp a few things to make it better. And they continue to do that. And, you know, everybody, you know, from Pat to Melissa are are, are open because they want to make the facility
0: better. So all of us can grow and and enjoy where we work. That's Pat Klein, Melissa Cooper, the former and now current aviation director here. Yes. The, the, yes. Referencing there. Last thing I want to ask you. Um, a little bit of a forecasting, so to speak. Um, for people that aren't familiar, and I've talked about it on this uh, podcast before, I think one of the most interesting things about the formal term, formal, former terminals is the the timing of when they open compared to the hijacked airplane, I believe out of Alabama in the early 70s, that changed how the, the security was going to work. It was built one right. way where this is how it's going to be, and then there's a hijacked airplane that happens, and all of a sudden every airplane in the country, every airport in the country is going... We have to do security completely differently. And I think where Kansas City sits in that is such an interesting part of the airport history here in town. Obviously, the goal is with this terminal that we have built something that is going to be able to be sustainable for decades to come. We're in the middle of conversations now with Royals and Chiefs ballparks about getting something that is sustainable for decades to come. It's it's a forward-thinking kind of conversation. I, I'm assuming you feel pretty confident as you've walked around for the last year plus of this new terminal's ability to to be sustainable long into the future and, and be be something that works for a long time.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've been around long enough to hear the story of when the, the old airport opened and two weeks later it was obsolete almost. Yeah. And, and, you know, that wasn't because of design. That was just the change of what happened in the aviation field you know i did live through 9 11 the the morning of all that happened in the airport and you instantly saw where this airport you know although it was secure and it was always secure but you you saw and sat through these faa t- you know the tsa didn't exist then but the fa meetings you know working in the facility you instantly saw the places that you know, were literally kind of scary and, and, you know, of what could happen. Yeah. So we all had to rethink after 9-11. And I think Kansas City did a great job of securing that facility the best they could. But where else in the country could you throw something over from the terminal into the actual secure area? And, and, And it happened all the time. And, you know, of course, they raised them higher to make it, you know, harder to do that but those are things that the general flying public unless you work in an airport and work with security y- you don't think about so yeah 911 was another devastating change to the design of that building and and you know it, this building was the old building wasn't built like San Francisco and I think it was Hartford they were all kind of built the same way mm-hmm. but the others had more room to expand oh and dfw and dfw did expand their horseshoes which worked um it just wasn't possible here but yeah those are things that that those two big changes on that terminal made them made that terminal obsolete security-wise and and our friends at the tsa they're so much happier having a central checkpoint and and they they can control and feel like they can control the airport better and make it more safe and secure than ever before
0: Well, I think that's just such a – I mean, you provided such cool insight, Mike, and I really can't thank you enough for your time. I'm so glad you had the time to do this because uh, someone with your perspective is definitely someone I've wanted to get on this podcast since I started it. So this has been so eye-opening and so interesting. I really can't thank you enough for your time. Thank you so, so much. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks again for listening to Episode 11 of Now Boarding, a limited series podcast from KSHB 41. Just one more episode for you next month. If you have questions or thoughts, especially as I seek one last guest, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or email me at taylor.himness at kshb.com. Hey, here's one. If you're a flight attendant, whether you're based in Kansas City or not, yours is a perspective I still haven't heard. So if you'd be willing to chat with me, please reach out. See you next time.